ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another edition of the Eagle Eye Podcast. It's episode 18. We're that much closer to episode 20, and today we got so much to talk about. We're going to be breaking down our Ligia matchup against Pumas, and we'll also be talking a little bit about what the team displayed last week against Santos Laguna. So we got so much to talk about, so much to break down, and as always, the man helping me out today is Mr. Del Jimenez. Dylan, how are we? Oh, man, we're doing good, actually. You know, coming off a good weekend down here in Texas, so, you know, I can't complain much. It was a really good weekend, uh, all in all. Uh, of course, it, it's always a good weekend whenever your team wins, of course. Even though it wasn't the most convincing win, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, it uh, it still wraps up the weekend pretty nicely. So, uh, did, you go to, uh, did, you go see, did you go see Avengers? No, I, I didn't go see that yet, but I, somebody already spoiled it for me, so I know how it ends. Wow, someone already spoiled it for you. All right, so you know what? That means we're going to spoil it for all of you guys. So, spoiler alert. Sorry. Um, I'm just kidding, though. No. Uh, if you guys have a chance to go watch the movie. You know what, though? I think America should do their own sort of, like, movie. I know people will say, like, oh, we're going to be copying Chivas. But, like, I think our movie would be a little bit better. Yeah, yeah I think so. It'd be interesting to see that, though. Maybe I should get get on that and direct it or something. Yeah, so Santiago Baño, call us up, 1-800-333-44455, and uh, we'll make it happen for you. So, we ready to talk about uh, everything, Aguilas? Yeah, yeah, definitely ready. All righty, well, let's jump into what was this Saturday's match against Santos Laguna. We closed off the regular season, the regular tournament, the Clausura, with a home win against, uh, of course, the Laguneros, who were in second place beforehand and uh, because of that victory we ended up jumping to second place and i think you owe the listeners a little bit of an apology because you had mentioned that we needed at least two goals yes i do i do apologize for that i wasn't really thinking you know because like we score once so like santos is uh goal differential would change just for that one goal so i'm thinking we need two goals to go ahead of them but it was just that one that we needed so just basically needed the w to get to second place which is what we did <laughs> And we did so. So we got that W. We're in second place, and because of that, uh, as things occurred, and I know you were you were following these uh, these events pretty closely from the fact that Monterrey and Tigres drew, which helped us out a lot, and from the fact that Pumas, of course, then ended up uh, did they drew or did they they won? Uh, I think they drew. Let me let me double check on that. Well, well, you double check either way. Everything's been said and done. We end up getting second place. We end up going, and at the end of the day, we uh we're looking at this Ligia with uh with with hopes of hopefully clinching that thirteenth title. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Pumas uh, drew Quiretro one one. I see that too. And you know, uh, funny thing too in our group chat that we have, Ivan, with all uh, those other Americanistas is uh Christian. Shout out to Christian. You know, he pointed out. You know, I think the last time America won the uh, the title was whenever we had Pumas in the first round. So, you know, maybe it's a repeat in history. And we also had Piojo Herrera as manager. So mm-hmm. um, it could be, it, it could be that the, that the history has a tendency of repeating itself right now. So, you know, shout out to, like you said, shout out to the little group chat we got going on. Shout out to everyone here in the live chat right now in the live podcast. Uh, we always love interacting with every single one of you guys. It makes our day just that much more uh, better, really, and enjoyable. But uh, like we like we said, it, it, it's, uh, it looks like history is repeating itself. I don't want to jump too much into that just yet. I want to briefly talk about the Santos Luna game because whilst we did get the W, whilst we are in second place, there's still much more that we need to work on. 
and we're coming into this year with not our best uh, our best rhythm. We're, we're we're definitely not playing like the second team, like the second place team in the league, and I think that's the most worrisome part about this. Yeah, I mean, um, you, you see how the team plays going into the first half, uh, and ending this first half actually, and then and um, going into the second, but you don't really see a shift in play until you see uh, the likes of like Jeremy Menez and. Um, uh, Cecilio Dominguez come on too, changing that play and that style, and you see how uh, they really do help out the attack a lot too. And it's something that you know is good for the team, but also bad because it's something that we can't always rely on too. We got to um, come together as a team to get those things going too as well. It can't be just those certain players. Yeah, it, it can't be those certain players, and and the reason why is because we built this team so it can have depth, so it can have various different type of players that can come in and do virtually the same job for example we would all hope that Ibarguen could come and slot in Cecilio Dominguez but if he ever got injured and Renato Ibarra's part of what if any any of those two ever got injured you would have imagined Renato Ibarra would have filled that position and the sad thing about it is it looks like he's only been filling one position and that's Darwin Quinteros yeah and, and so and you see too you know Lina is getting his his um opportunities too as well and you see Lina is um doing lines things too and you know you kind of expect more from anybody Gwyn too whenever uh the stuff you seen him do against toronto in the first leg whenever that happened too and you know you just want to see that that current form go forward too as well you know as the game went on you know i, I noticed that you know anybody Gwyn was uh mostly working on the left with linas you know behind on but i thought you know uh, one thing that I was thinking to myself that I think could have helped the creativity too a little bit is if that times, you know, they switched between each other. Cause you know, we have seen Linus play on that left side too. And we've seen anybody win play behind, um, Oribe Palato too as well. And you know, the way Oribe works too, you know, he sits back and, um, comes back a lot, almost like if he's almost a midfielder too. And it seems like anybody wins, um, the striker, you know, I wanted, I wanted to see maybe if, you know, they switched like throughout, throughout the game, you know, like um, just in, invertedly just switch to a lot. I wonder if that would help out a lot too with the attack, you know, maybe uh, the defense defenders would have noticed that they switched, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? We're trying to get that. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's one of the things that I've, I've, I've been, you know, talking about the creativity, you know, having these kind of sort of interchanges with each other would be a smart thing to do, especially in a game like this where, you know, the defense is really opening up. It looks like whenever you're getting man-marked, it looks like the player already knows kind of what your rhythm is, what your movement is. And if you were to say what, you know, if we, they were done what you said, then it kind of would throw them off balance a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just something like, you know, we always say, you know, the creativity is not there. I feel like that's something that would have helped out a lot too if we were thrown that in there. Yeah. Yeah, it would have it completely, completely. So let's talk about this matchup because it, uh, it obviously it was the closing matchup of the of, of the Clausura for us. Uh, we also debuted a jersey, the green one. What are your What are your thoughts on that, real quickly? Um, okay. I mean, some people are loving it. Some people, yeah. Are I mean, they're okay. I mean, I don't. Um. I personally probably wouldn't buy one. I think they're okay. I know some people don't like. It. I know some people love it, but you know, uh, where do you see green though, and all of America's colors? Uh, if you mix blue and red, don't you get green? I'm not. I don't know. I'm not really good with my colors. So anyone who does uh color mixtures, let us know. I'm pretty sure it's blue and red. Um, but uh, either way, I mean. 
the idea was so it was more of a kind of like yo shout out to the mexican national team it's a world cup year yada 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 kind of like we did four years ago i mean still it's it's kind of like why at this point but you know it is what it is at this point whatever you know so it uh that that shouldn't even be the main concern because that was not you know what was central around this around this matchup the the real thing that we should be worrying about was the fact that we throughout the 90 minutes didn't really have much clear chances until the second half i would have to say you know we kind of didn't work our way through well through the 40 first 45 minutes and it looked like santos laguna at times dictated the match better than we did yeah yeah i think so i mean i'm i'm looking at the stats right now i'll go ahead and give you some of the stats uh some key stats i think that are important um Throughout the whole game, it was 50-50 run ball possession. Uh, America had 14 total shots, shots. Five of them were on target. Uh, we just completed 80% of our passes. I mean, but that, I mean what, is it? what does that really uh, say, though? I mean, 80% of our passes, but look what we were passing through most of the time. It wasn't in the final third. Most of the passes that we were doing was playing out the back and really just in the midfield. We, we really didn't have much going forward. You know what? Never mind. I lied to you. Well, we completed 79% of our passes. I was looking at the wrong side. We only had 10 shots, and three of them were on target. 10 shots, three on target. I mean, what? again, it's 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 showing that we need to practice our finishing. I mean, you know, we've been saying this from maybe day one of the clausura, um, and to the fact that we still haven't gotten to this point, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean... It's just all coming down to the training ground, training ground too, man. And you know things that we said, like you know, um, working that creativity, working our decisions in the final third too. I mean, all that stuff's going to come down to if you're going to have uh, the shots or not. And you know, you, you saw that too in the first half a lot. Yeah, yeah, it, it was very frustrating. Shout out to Carlos who was uh, giving us our answer, Mr. Carlos Serna. Blue and yellow makes green, so not red and blue. I think red and blue make purple. So. Uh, shout out to Carlos. Yeah, big shout out to Carlos too. Who uh, his his baby boy turned uh, two years old this Saturday. Uh, huge shout out to him. We live in the same city, and because of this podcast, I was able to make friends with him. Uh, he invited me over. We watched the game uh, at his at his house with uh, while the party was going on as well. So you know, shout out to him. Beautiful family. Uh, you know, just amazing stuff that we can you know convey in in stuff like this because of you know something so simple as you know, speaking into a microphone, talking about, you know, the, a team you support. So, again, shout-out to him. Um, and, and, and shout-out to every single one of you guys who have listened to us, who have grown with us, who who want this thing to become just an even bigger and better uh, community. And, and that's really what we're striving for, a community. So, again, shout-out to him. Shout-out to every single one of you. And, uh, yeah, let's just I, – I just hope that you guys can convey that same kind of – you know, connection, you know, not, not just with us, but with, with each other as well. So, you know, for those of you who maybe don't have much Americanista friends because, you know, for whatever reason, and, you know, if you find someone who lives in the same city or whatever, and, uh, and, and you know, you guys want to meet up and, and, you know, start a friendship off of that, then by, by, any, by all means do so. I mean, it's, it's all about spreading the game and, and, and kind of growing it. So, you know, two heads are always better than one in that sense. Yes. Yeah, I completely agree with you, man. Shout out to every single one of you. I mean, after after this, you know, me and Ivan got some talking to do about our giveaway, which, I mean, I think we're slacking on a little bit. But, I mean, we'll definitely have that out ready for you all, too, whenever the time comes. 
Yep. So again, follows on Twitter. You guys will let uh, you guys will know exactly uh, how everything's going to go down. Our Twitter page is at Eagle iPod. Again, that is at Eagle iPod. Now I went on a complete tangent, but it was a good tangent. Uh, let's let's go back into the game and uh, let, let's let's talk frustration because there was a full match of frustration. I think uh, whether you were watching it at a, at a two year old's birthday party or whether you're watching it at the comfort of your own home. Uh, you were still kind of looking and yelling at the screen because there was very little of spark, like a spark going on in the match throughout the whole time. I saw this America side look a bit sluggish. Even though we had sometimes most of the ball, there wasn't really an umph. There wasn't really a let's go out there and let's go get it. There was more of a caution. Let's touch the ball. Let's move around. Let's see if we can break down this defense. And no one really took the extra risk. Even Linus at times didn't really take a take a risk, or maybe he did, but he got very, very well marked. And in that sense, I was expecting other people to help him out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like I said, man, it's it's all eleven players in one man. I can't just be one person, you know. I just frustration everywhere, man. Especially in the first half, I feel like we couldn't even string a couple passes together, and that's what was the fresh, most frustrating part for me too. Is knowing seeing that we can't string a few passes together. It seemed like you know, um, as the game went on, you know, I feel like I got a little better, but I know we can do better because I've seen this team do better, and. And two, you're not seeing that create a spark until you have the likes of like, like I said, Menez and Cecilio Dominguez come on. And that shouldn't really be the 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 <clears throat> issue at all. That should we should have enough of a, a of of a deep uh, bench pool that we can bring off talented players like Ibarguen, like Diego Lainez, that can come in and do the job, you know. And l- let me ask you this question: Mateus Uribe got a red card. Do you think we were maybe missing him in this matchup? I think so a little bit, you know, because to me, Mateus Oliver brings a whole lot, and and really, you know, it it just seems to be missing that too. I mean, you don't you don't get um the same thing from Joe Benny Corona whenever he starts or he comes in. You know, it it seems like Joe Benny Corona is just gonna sit back, you know, be back there with Guido, you know, hold down the fort a little bit, and you see Mateus Oliver, you know, we seen him go forward. You see what the guy can do. You see you see the chances this guy can create too. And so it's just something that we were lacking. I feel like Mateo Sariba being absent in this game was a big, um, a big loss to the team too, as well, um, because I know Mateo knows that uh, he can leave Guido if he's the next Guido. He, he he can leave Guido and know Guido can get the job done by himself because you know that partnership's been and that partnership's grown. Yeah, and I think the thing is that we really don't have another player like Mateo Soriba. There really is no player that can come off the bench and do virtually what he does. I mean, many people could maybe say if you stick Linus in that position, but Linus uh, maybe is more of a winger than a central midfielder that can attack. But, you know, either way, I think Mateo Soriba is the only player in that America roster that can do what he's been doing. You know, you can't really slot Joe Benny Corona there, like you said. That's not his game. He's more of a central defensive midfielder. He holds the mid more than actually try to provoke an attack. Um, like we said, we've mentioned Guido. He does what he does, and he doesn't really, you know, 
do much of the attacking himself. He's more of a distributor. So there isn't really anyone right there that kind of links up with Ibarra or you know whoever playing down on the left that can kind of create a spark like that too because his runs off the ball are fantastic and he's found himself in so many good opportunities and so many good positions in countless of matches that it just goes to show you how well this player is. Unfortunately, right now we've mentioned it. He's not going through his best phase, but a lot of people talked about it last podcast. Maybe because he uh, he got this red card, he will be uh, kind of rested and he will be maybe a little bit more energetic come the Liga. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping so. So too, you know, um, let's see what he does because you know this player, this player is a is a beast. You know, like you said, you know he's in the right place at the right time for for most of his opportunities, and he usually buries them. Yeah, he usually does. So I mean, let me now now that we know that he's gonna be back, and now that we know that some of these players are gonna be back, what is the situation gonna be with Diego Linus? And some someone asked. Uh, if we think that the Olinus will now be an option off the bench, because I mean, previously he kind of wasn't, he was kind of maybe fourth, fifth option at best. Um, and now he looks like he stepped up his game. It looks like Bioho now kind of has him in his sights. Uh, do you think that maybe he gets a little bit of a favor when it, uh, when it does come time to maybe make a substitution? Um, I think so. I mean, you see, you see his, you see his game grow too. You know, whenever, um, he finally made his debut in the Clausura. You know, you see what this kid can do, and you know this kid was the spark of that team. And so, you know, I feel like he he's gained Piojo's trust, and Piojo's come to respect him too more to say, "Hey, if if we need you, we're going to play you." And so, and obviously too, you know, you've seen that whenever we whenever we had a couple of injuries too, um, Linus stepped up. You know, I feel I feel like he had to took took his chance good. And he's been taking that, and he's been riding it. And so I feel like he's going to have a good chance to come off the bench if he's needed. Yeah, I think so, too. I think we can both agree that we think Linus was probably going to be now, what, second, third option coming off the bench. Um, and especially if we're, if we're down a goal or we need to go real quickly, um, I think he's definitely going to be one of those versatile options. Because, again, it, it's kind of the same thing with Mateo Zeriba. There really isn't a player like him. Uh, so quick, so versatile, the way he moves on and off the ball. And uh, he's never afraid to call and ask for it, too, which I think is a great thing. He's always asking for it. He always wants the ball. He's not shy to kind of go in those 1v1 situations. And he's not afraid of the pressure either. So I think uh, he's growing as a player. He's, he's maturing. Um, and I think maybe Pio Jorera, like you said, maybe respects him and, and sees this a little bit more that he will be probably an option coming off the bench. So hopefully... We know with that, since we get to see Linus more, because it would be a shame to see him kind of drop off this Ligia run uh, after we get some of these players that, you know, are returning from injury whilst, you know, in their absence, he was actually doing some of the heavy lifting. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he takes part in, in this Ligia run because I know he will, and I'm, I really want to see him strive to and improve himself more to Piojo. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's already done it too you know to us the fans you know but under Piojo you know it didn't seem like Piojo was giving him enough, enough of a chance until these injuries came and then Piojo seeing him see what he can do and so you know he's, he's still got a lot to prove too as well yeah he does he does so I think we can safely say that we'll this is not the last we've seen of uh of Linus and he will definitely be back for the Liguilla and um I guess that's pretty much it on the line of situation, but let's, let's, let's jump right into this matchup and, and let's quickly talk about this Santos game before we start previewing what is really the, the main point of this podcast, which is the Liguilla. Um, 
so the team doesn't look good up to the point where Jeremy Menace and then Cecilia Dominguez come in. And then once those two players are on the pitch, you see the team all of a sudden has a different face. And, and especially when Jeremy Menace comes in, because I think he's the first vital and crucial part that switches everything up, really. Um, he added something that just was phenomenal. And, and, and we take this for granted because we didn't really appreciate it as much. But once we see it, once he comes on the pitch, he slows the game down a little bit. He he kind of, you know, promotes, let's touch the ball. Let's pass. Let's move. You know, give me the ball. I'll give it back to you. There was just kind of this sense of he's running. He's stringing the passes. He's stringing the team along as the way it should be. And because of that, we found opportunities. We found chances. We found open space. And we looked just that much better. And the funny thing is we were slower playing like that we were we were much slower playing you know the menace way than the previous you know way where we were just kind of giving it to Renato Barra and kind of just use and abuse his speed it, it kind of shows that maybe you don't need to be this fast and you know f- and courageous player maybe you kind of just need to slow it down think a little bit more and not rush too much into things yeah I think that I think that comes down to two like you said you know um having better decision-making in the final third. I think it comes down to that too as well because we always seem to be rushing the play and making uh, silly mistakes that we don't be thinking, need to be making in the final third. And like you said, you know, Jeremy Mendes comes in and, you know, he slows things down. He seems like he takes control of it, you know. And that's something that we need too and improve our final our, our decision-making in the final third too as well. I think it was really good. I think it was actually exactly what the team needed at that point. And then you add on top of that Cecilio Dominguez. And once he came in, it was kind of like, all right, now you have the best of both worlds. You have two versatile wingers who can play with their feet and who can take on opponents. And then you have kind of like, you know, the kind of the stringer, the, the one that makes the passes, you know, the playmaker, which is Jeremy Menace. You know, he's the one switching the tempo, dictating the play and maybe, you know, in a sense, finding these kind of spaces and opening these spaces for said wingers. And, yeah, you know, you see it with uh, Cecilio Dominguez, who kind of runs into the box and, you know, gets that penalty. And then, of course, uh, Jeremy Menes comes in, slots at home, and that's pretty much the end of that. Um, but, I mean, if, you, if we want to talk about, you know, how this team won, it really comes down to those two players. Yeah, it really does. And, I mean, like we'll say again, you know, too, it shouldn't have to be down to the players because we have, we have the talent, we have the depth to where – uh, we slot in the next player and he do just as good of a job. Yeah. Yeah. It should be more of a collective and team win than, you know, two, st- two standalone players. But I mean, at this point we, we, we would take anything. So, you know, happy that we got back on the score sheet, happy that uh, some of these players looked a little bit better than previous games. Um, but the one thing that did kind of, kind of, you know, surprised me and shocked me was defensively we did not look that sound uh there was a couple of times that santos could have easily scored but uh thanks to the heroics of agustin Marchesin, we were able to walk away with uh all three points yes shout out to Marchesin. also really love that jersey that he was rocking too yeah uh five five saves in the game and and so you know the guy comes comes a big time a lot too as well yeah, yeah. I guess these are the matches where you rely on uh, your striker and you rely on your goalkeeper to kind of pull you through, even if uh, the rest of the team won't do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then um, losing Aguilera too. 
Yeah, but, that's uh, uh, that's kind of a, a bummer. Um, but uh, we'll see. Edson can slot in there perfectly, no doubt about it. It's just about a matter of him actually taking this opportunity to maybe cement himself as a starter. Aguilera mm. was maybe a little shaky in the last couple of games, you know, but, uh, you know, he was playing a decent game against Santos, but we'll see. Hopefully uh, he can have a speedy recovery. We can have him back. Uh, but it looks like he most likely will miss the whole year, whether we make it to the final or not. I think he will be out, uh, which is a bummer because he did have a really, really good start to the season. And uh, it's it's unfortunate that he kind of misses it like that, which was kind of a nasty little injury to get. You know, it's it's kind of self, self-induced self at that point. So, uh, you know, we uh, got speed to him and, and just kind of, you know, hope that, uh, you know, Etan Alvarez can come in and kind of just slot in that position and do what he does best, which is, uh, you know, perform. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I think I think Edson can do a great job. Just as good as Aguilera did whenever he started season two. And so I got I got no doubt with Edson. Edson's gonna perform the way Edson always does. Yeah, hopefully he can do so. Hopefully because um, you know, we're we're really gonna rely on our defense come against Pumas. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that right now once we start previewing this league yeah, matchup. And uh but before that, let's just kinda close it down to you. Who was uh who's man of the match for this uh Santos game? Hmm. That's kind of um. I guess really Menes. I mean, I I really just give it to Menes since he's going to game winning. Yeah, I'll give it to Jeremy Menes. Just like FIFA would probably give it to Menes because he was the only one who scored a goal. But I think uh, not only just for the goal, but I think just because of the way he kind of just switched the whole rhythm, the whole team perspective. He was just so good on and off the ball, his runs, the way he was kind of slowing things down. He was talking to his teammates, kind of, you know, telling them how to play the game and where to play. And and I think it was just phenomenal to see how he switched and changed the tactics so easily. And, you know, everything he did, it just it seems like the ball glides with him. So, I mean, the Frenchman is, is, is really going to be a, a really good asset once he's, you know, he's uh, 100% and ready to go. Yeah, definitely, man. It's Gonna come up huge. Not it might, it might not be in the Ligia, but it's good to definitely be in Apertura. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely gonna have to be. Hopefully, it is in this Clausura. Yeah, hopefully, know, it does too. Yeah. Uh, uh, so that pretty much does it for the Santos uh, preview. How um, I mean, pretty okay, I guess uh, I want to call it. Yeah, I mean, not not necessarily. Good, but not bad either. Okay, in a sense, yeah. I guess you could say average. A bit below average before of uh, Menace and Silo come in. Yeah, yeah. I give, I give it that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, we give it uh, maybe half a thumbs up, and hopefully the team can perform better. Looking at the Clásico, which is in uh, the Liguilla. So let's talk a little bit about that because after that win against Santos, we were crowned second place and Pumas was the only one really everyone was waiting a result on. Uh, if they would have won, I think they would have gone against Monterrey. If they would have drawn, they went up, would be going up against us. And if they uh, would have lost, I, I don't know. I wasn't really paying much attention as you guys uh, know that, you know, our team is America and I was kind of just kind of solely focused on that, which is kind of bad on my part because uh, ultimately they became our rivals. So uh, let's, uh, you ready to jump into the Ligia? Yeah. All righty. For this. a second time, well, I guess for the first time in Eagle Eye podcast history, we're going to be talking about the Ligia before we even named this and when we were just 
randomly podcasting, we kind of jumped into the Ligia uh, where we were playing against Cruz Azul. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. That was, that was a so, while back. Consecutive tournament after tournament, we will be having a Clásico. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know why I'm, I blinked and I'm just realizing that now. So we had the Clásico Joven against Cruz Azul in the Apertura Liga. Of course, we advanced because of our position at the table. No one scored a goal, which was kind of pathetic. And now we're going up against Pumas. So we got the Clásico Capitulino, one of the more fiercer and, and kind of anticipated rivalries coming into the Liga. And uh, I mean, I couldn't be more excited about this because, of course, we've had these kind of rivalries before. We've had these games where we kind of look back and kind of see how things have played out. And now it's an opportunity to rewrite that history and kind of elevate our play and kind of keep us going forward because one would hope that if we were able to take down Pumas in these two legs, uh, that it would just elevate the team, the spirit, and everything going on around in the club to kind of just catapult them even higher past the semifinals, hopefully into the finals. So, I mean, on that perspective, once everything kind of all the smoke is cleared and, and you see the league table and we know that Pumas is our rivals, what is your what is your initial reactions? Um, I feel pretty confident, actually. You know, uh, whenever I see that we draw Pumas, you know, I, I like this draw. You know, I've I see that uh, there are rivals. You know, it's a classical that's coming up, and I feel like knowing that that this is a classical, I feel like the team in Piojo, you know, they're gonna want to take it to the next level and go out and and, and advance and, and get the W. Um, obviously, you know, the first leg is gonna be away. And and then the return, like you know, I feel like you know, with it being um, an early game too, at seven thirty, you know, we I, I don't I don't think attendance has really been that great uh, whenever we have these nine o'clock games. So I feel like the stick is going to be behind the team a big time, and I feel like there's going to be a great crowd uh, come to, come to time too whenever uh, this return leg comes. Yeah. I agree with you. Whenever I saw that we drew Pumas, um, I was kind of like a little bit disappointed because I would have liked either to have uh, Morelia or Tijuana just because they would have been a bit of an easier rival. Um, and, and the only reason why I would have wanted something a little bit easier was because of the way we've been playing, our form, everything. Um, but still, I'll, I'll take this. Of course, in order to be the best, you have to beat the rest. And, and you know, that that was always going to entitle a really tough opponent, whether that been Pumas or not. Um, you know, Nico Castillo right now is in form, which is a little bit of a scary situation, uh, kind of like how he was in the beginning of the tournament, too. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk specifics and how we think we can break him down and how we can break this Puma side down. But I think that, uh, that I think it was a it's, it's a pretty good draw uh, for for a neutral side. It's a really good draw. I mean, you get to see a Clásico right away. And uh, it, it's it's going to be one of those games where uh, it, it um. I'm expecting a lot of action, a lot of action, and uh, hopefully a lot of goals on our, you know, for for our side. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely expecting some goals too. Uh, as, as, you know, now that we see what what Menez can do to the game, how he, he come came in and changed the game. Actually, you know, we'll talk a lineup in a minute. He's actually be starting, and so you know, it's exciting to see that back. You know, seeing Oribe and Menez partnership too as well. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. So let's uh let's let's preview this matchup. First matchup is gonna be tomorrow, so it's coming at us right away. We don't even have really much time to breathe. Uh, but first matchup is tomorrow at the Estadios Olimpico in Seoul. It's gonna be at uh, five thirty Pacific time, seven o'clock 
Central Time, which is your time, and Mexico Time. And, of course, for all our friends down at the East Coast, that is 8.30 your time. So, um, do you think that's a pretty good time to play? I think that's uh, that's actually pretty decent. You know, I'm I'm just not realizing, you know, whenever I tweeted that we're, we're potting today, I keep putting Eastern Time instead of Pacific Time. Keep putting I, five Eastern. I'm always and waiting so, for someone to call you out on it. And I was like, I'm just not gonna be me. I'm gonna let one of these people to, to let let Dylan know. Just just take the account away from me, man. Just I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just gonna more, sign out. More technical difficulties from Dylan, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's a good time to play. And then of course the uh, return leg is gonna be Saturday, 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, 7 p.m. Central time, and again that's eight o'clock Eastern time. All on Univision and uh, their great network that is Univision Deportes. So um, coming into this matchup, I think we both kind of have this kind of high hope for the team. But uh, should we be a little bit worried about this Pumasai who recently looks like they found form? Yeah, I think it's a little bit. You know, it's going to come down to the way um, defense defense handles it because um, obviously you can't compare um, – this leg compared to whenever we played them in the Glasuda in the beginning of the season, because now they're just two totally different teams. It's not the same teams that played in the, in the beginning of the season when the season started. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's going to come down to see how this team plays and how Piojo handles uh, Nico Castillo. Cause you know, this is a healthy and informed Nico Castillo. So we're just going to have to see how Piojo holds down the fort with him. Yep. And, but I mean, a lot of people, but you're, you know, this is two against seven. You would imagine two would be a little bit, you know, like they would be the automatic favorites. But to be honest, we're not playing like the second team, you know, we, even though we only lost two games this whole season, which sounds ridiculous to me, uh, you know, but we drew a lot of those games too. So, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's not like we were winning constantly and we were being this better side. And, you know, Pumas, even though they are seventh place, they're not playing like a seventh place team. So it's, uh, it's really up in the air. Yeah, eight draws the whole season, man. Eight draws, and, and you go back and you go look. You go back and look at it, and you, you think to yourself, "How many of those draws could actually been wins?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Name uh, a lot. At least too. a couple, at least three. Yeah, and then and, and then from there, you could probably we could probably be fighting for first with the Luca. Yep, yep. I mean, that's what sixteen points dropped because of all those draws. Eight times, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 16 points. Unbelievable. Well, I mean, all we can hope for is uh, something better than what we saw last uh, last tournament against uh, Cruz Azul, and hopefully we don't we don't end up walking away with the two nil nil draws. Uh, which I mean, they, if it's on the table, I'll take it. If it's on the table, I'll take it. It means we'll we'll, we'll go into the semifinals, but you know that's gonna be a whole different story too. So. Um, I think uh, I, I think this team's actually going to perform better than last season. I think we we have a much better squad. We have a much better team going forward, and you know, luckily enough, we have some of our players who are going to be healthy. So let's talk. Uh, let's talk specifics. Let's talk tomorrow, and then we'll we'll kind of try to talk about the future, and 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 talk about Saturday's matchup. Even though that's going to be a little bit difficult, knowing that you know we don't know exactly what's going to happen Wednesday, but we'll still give it a go at it. Uh, but we know exactly what's possibly going to be going down tomorrow. At least we know the lineup. So uh, uh, you want to give us uh, the, the lineup for tomorrow? Um, yeah, I'll do that. Obviously, you know, much is seen in goal. Um, Aguilar, Edson, Valdez, Vargas, Uribe, Rodriguez, Ivara, Dominguez, Menez, and Peralta. And that is your starting 11, ladies and gentlemen, for tomorrow, our Aguilas. 
going with that traditional 4-2-3-1. Again, Ori Peralta is going to be that lone striker. He hasn't really been the best. He hasn't really created much and really a very, very worrisome sign. But, I mean, at this point, it's either him or Henry. And, uh, really, they're they're probably both at the same level. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I really hated to see Aguilera go down. I mean, I mean, it kind of might sound bad, but I really wanted to see Henry get in there to see what uh, Henry could do. You know, because you see Cecilio, you see Mendes come in, you see them go out and perform really good too. And you know, I kind of made me think to myself, what if Henry came out and performed the same way too, performed yeah. good? And so it'd be interesting to see um, when he comes in if he comes in at all tomorrow. I think he will. I, th- I think if if because I think Pio Herrera said it in his press conference today, we we were going out there to score a goal. You know, we're going out there to get a result, and we have to score a goal because it means nothing to be at you know second place that high in the table without having some advantage going home. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so I mean, yeah. on, on, on that front, for I think you know if we need to go, Henry's coming in. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean. It comes down to the way Oriba is playing, too. I mean, let's be honest. I think we're at this point, I feel like we're playing with 10 players because Oriba is just not doing enough in that aspect. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, they they were talking about this too in his press conference today for Pio Herrera that, you know, Oriba Peralta isn't in the best form while Nico Castillo looks like he's tearing it up. And Piojo kind of said, well, yeah, Nico Castillo is kind of like this out-and-out striker. He's just focusing on that. He's like, Oriol Peralta, while he may not be our goal scorer, he's doing a lot more. He's being creative. He's he's kind of like, you know, being the creativity. And whilst a lot of people will be like, well, he only has one assist, I can see why he says that, because he drops off the shoulders off the defenders. He drops back. He receives the ball. He shields it, and then he tries to distribute. The problem is, even when he does that, he's not even in a position where he can help the team out. It looks like it's just a waste of a player at that point, you know? Hopefully now that Manis is coming back on the pitch, he'll take care of that. He'll open those spaces in order that they can focus on hopefully scoring goals. Because let's be honest, this has been one of his worst seasons. No, his worst season in an America jersey. Yeah, yeah. And and it still gets to me, man, that Bioho came out and said that Riba's, you know, under this pressure because he doesn't think he's gonna make the the World Cup roster. I mean I mean you you would think he'd get the hint if he called up in March, you know, more than likely get it called up for um in May, you know, whenever it comes time to those friendlies and making the final list. Either way, though, I mean, that would motivate a player more to go out there and perform. Yeah, I mean, um, that, that's what I'm trying to get at, too. I mean, like, you you think you'd go out and perform, really. I don't know, man. I mean, I don't, I don't see why this pressure is getting to him. And it shouldn't. And I think he's been one of those players who knows what pressure is, so he should be able to ride above it. He said it himself. This could easily – this is, is going to be his last World Cup, and – will be the last time he wears a Mexico jersey if he goes to the World Cup. I would imagine he'd want to go off on a high note like that. So the fact that he isn't performing, I mean, he could easily turn around. He can easily score, you know, in each single game and lead us to the championship, and that would be maybe enough merit to take him to the World Cup because he would be in that form. But, you know, he first of all, he has to put the ball in the back of the net, which he hasn't been able to do so in, what, since Pachuca? Um, I think so. Um, he's only had he only has three goals on the season so far. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I want to say I think it is Pachuca. Wow, wow, that's ridiculous. Well, either way, he's gonna be our lone striker. I mean, at this point, how do you how do you see this? How do you see this team kind of scoring goals? 
with uh, Oriol Peralta, who's supposed to be our striker, isn't really even doing striker things. I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's just really to see how. Gosh, that's a really hard question to answer. I mean, because I mean, like you said, it it just feels like we're playing with ten players. Yeah, and the reason the I ask that is because myself included does not have an answer. I feel like we're kind of carrying a little bit of a dead weight that mm-hmm. it's it's kind of worrisome because I'm like, well, if there's no one up top, it's just, just how do we kind of get into this? How do we, you know, I, you, the easy the easy way out of this is oh, let the wingers do the do that job, cut inside and and, and take a shot, but you know, you would imagine Pumas would have had that covered already. So it's not going to be so easy for Cecilio Dominguez to get the ball out wide, cut in, and shoot. You know, he's probably going to have opportunities to cut inside and cross. But then at that point, who's in the box? And it's not like we did all the time, too. Renato Ibarra, too. Yeah. I assume no. they're always playing through him. So the answer, I think, is going to be menace. I mean, it's going to be somebody, man. And then, like you said, if Henry comes in, to see how that goes too, because you know we've talked about Henry playing up top by himself, and you know it just seems like he's not comfortable doing that by himself. He's not. He's not. He's not there yet. And and I think the the player I mentioned Menace, but I think someone who's going to come and support him a lot too is going to be Mateo Suribe. I think those two mm-hmm. players are going to have to link up very well this matchup tomorrow and kind of put out you know kind of be the face of the attacking side for us. And uh, you know, with with them doing kind of most of the heavy lifting, I think it's uh, it, it gives merit for Sil Dominguez, Renato Ibarra, and dare I say, Oliver Peralta to get inside in, in, into some really good positions to score goals. Yeah, yeah, I I agree, man. So I think moving forward, I think America is gonna have to be quick and calm about their situation, their decision-making. I think that's where Menace is going to come play. Uh, because even though he kind of slows the tempo down, his movement and his passing is not slow whatsoever. I think it's a very fast pass that just kind of transitions into a slower build of play. So I think on, on, on that side, I think we'll be good. And as long as we don't make a mistake and we don't give wrong passes, we should be fine and we should find some spaces. And as long as we're clinical, which – you know, sounds pretty far-fetched, but as long as we're clinical, we can walk away with a pretty good result. And by a result, I think a 1-1 or a 2-2 or anything with us walking away with the victory sounds like a pretty good uh, like a pretty good result. I don't think losing a matchup, even, scoring a, even by scoring a goal, will help us out. No, not everything. So I think we're going to have to walk away with a win here. A win or at least a draw. You know, and a draw is even, you know, c- cutting a little bit too close. Because I think at this point, you know, you're you're walking into the Azteca, you should have somewhat of a lead, especially to put Pumas under that pressure. Because then, you know, we work we work great against teams that open up space. Because, you know, we have that pace, we have those wingers that can, you know, utilize that and kind of, you know, finish teams off like that. But in order to get that space, in order to break that Pumas defense like that, you're gonna have to go into the Azteca with at least somewhat of a somewhat of an advantage to to have over Pumas. Oh, definitely, man. You know, the stakes going to be behind the team. The fans going to be behind the team. You know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough place and atmosphere for Pumas. Yep. Now the team just has to put themselves in the right position, and hopefully, uh, we don't get a repeat of what happened against Toronto. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely, so, man. You know, as much as I hate to bring that up, as is, there's still open wounds that still haven't healed, but. We need to be better. We need to be smarter, and we need to anticipate that Pumas, whilst you know maybe their seventh place, they do come on and and they have been playing really well. So, 
I think we talked a little bit about what America needs to do going forward and how we can score goals. Let's talk a little bit about the defense because I think this is going to be the most important part of this matchup. Puma's main man, of course, as everyone knows, is Nico Castillo. Um, I think what worked so well last game when we played against them, and remember, this was a Nico Castillo that was still in form back then in, in the beginning of the season. I think what worked so well that game, and I think needs to happen again tomorrow and um, Saturday, is the fact that Bruno Valdez was closely man-marking him. I think that worked so well because whilst it doesn't look like it, Bruno Valdez is a very, very strong person. You know, he, he can go, he can challenge, he can contest for a ball, and he will get hit, and he won't even bat an eye. And I think that's what he needs to do. I think that's what Piojo needs to, to see that. It worked so well last time. It, it put Nico Castillo in a very uncomfortable position because he wasn't able to move freely as in other games where, you know, they kind of just let him do his thing and then close him down when he does have the ball. I think with Bruno Valdez always there breathing down his neck, it kind of throws his game off. And we saw that in the early season of the Clausura. Now let's see if he's able to prove that and do it again in the Liguilla. And I know it's a lot to ask for two games for 180 minutes to clearly just man-mark your player. Um, Edson is going to have to help out a lot too whenever possible. But um, I think you know Bruno Valdez is going to be the key player for these matchups. Yeah, man, I definitely, I definitely agree with you, man. That's exactly what I was thinking too. Is the way Bruno Valdez man marked uh, Nico Castillo frustrated him too. And you know, to go on a little side note, a uh, little bit of side note too. I think Guido is going to be uh, important. I feel like we haven't mentioned Guido a lot. You see the way Guido works, the way Guido is. You know, um, I don't know. Would you say maybe debatable in the, in the, for the person that is a uh, our best midfielder right now uh, compared to Mateus Uribe. You know, Guido's so clinical in that midfield position, that holding row, and it's going to come down to him too when, whenever he comes to uh, stopping passes, you know, stopping defenders or making their runs and everything. Yeah, he's going to be very important too, kind of just closing down that, you know, gap between midfield and defense. Um, I think he's starting to pick up his, his form. I, I think against Santos, he had a much better game than he did against Puebla. And I, I think slowly he's returning back to that, you know, Guido that we once knew. Um, so I think, yeah, he's going to be a very important player going forward and also in the defensive side, because like you said, he gives Mateus Uribe that liberty to go forward and he, you know, he covers spaces like, you know, there's no tomorrow. So he will be important. Um, uh, but I think it's so easy to, to kind of just bypass him with a long ball to Nico Castillo, mm-hmm. where again, that's where Bruno Valdez is going to have to come in and do his, his man marking. But I think, yes, when Pumas does want to play out the back and they do want to kind of get America with the ball on the ground, I think Guido Rodriguez is going to be uh, the first line of defense that's, you know, usually for the most part going to stop, you know, Pumas at bay. Yes. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely think that man, and it's good to see Guido coming back too. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, it's nice to see some of these players kind of retain their form. Uh, hopefully now we can say the same thing about Mateus Uribe tomorrow. Yeah, I, I hope so too, man. Let's see how he does, you know, going forward too, whenever uh, he's on the ball too as well and distributing too. Yeah, it's kind of hard to talk about Puma since we don't really talk and really know about him. But, I mean, what, uh, you know, I, I would imagine that Nico Castillo is not the only way for them to score a goal. What else do you think that they could try against us that maybe other teams have done? that uh, will probably uh, maybe, you know, hurt us? Um, see, maybe catches on the counter. 
I mean, I know some, a couple of times too, teams have, you know, been able to sit back, you know, but, you know, I don't really see Pumas doing that, especially with them being home. I feel like they're when they're going to go out, they're going to um, press us a little bit too, to have us create some spaces and uh, just opening up some holes too, as well uh, to, to get in on goal and, you know, just have a chance to score too, as well. That left-hand side of the pitch for us with Carlos Vargas, that's that's probably going to be one of their uh, go-to attacking sides. I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at some some stats. I'm, I I I feel like this is from the whole from the whole year, including the Apertura, not just you know um, the separated, not separated from the Clausura, but I mean, uh, I'm getting this from SofaScore. I mean, Nico Castillo's. Really, really a dominant uh, score, you know, as we continue to say uh, through 26 matches, 16 goals. And the next person that's next to him has played 32 and he only has four goals. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, a lot of people saying that, you know, maybe we're previewing our new striker for the next season, which I think we've talked about this on our group chat. Um, we would love to see Nico Castillo in an America jersey, even though he's worn a Pumas jersey. But, um, you know, I, I really highly doubt that's going to happen. I, I don't think the Pumas... The uh, you know directors and and you know, everything that goes on in that club is gonna sell Nico Castillo to America, um just because it it wouldn't be a smart move on their end. But who knows? Everything could change. Everything could be possible. But I, I really highly doubt we'll see the the Chilean come play for us. Yeah, I I don't think so either. Um, I know this is kind of off topic, you know, but I, I was reading some reports actually that he's going back to Europe. And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, look at the season he's having. He could he, mm-hmm. he could easily tear it up in 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 whatever league, in in the right team, of course. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. That's enough praise for a Pumas player. So let's go back to what you were talking about. Uh, <laughs> you were talking about the the Pumas side, whether you know what uh, what because I think you know a lot of people see what you know Vargas isn't, which he had actually what the best game last game, right? Correct? If if, if I'm not mistaken, he uh Sofa score gave him the best uh game. game yeah, uh, so Sofa score gave him a seven point seven, and I was like, well, you know, Sofa score sometimes can't. Well, but the thing is here been. that he there was never really a point in the match where you're like, oh my god, Vargas, here we go again. It was just kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's not the I mean, it's not really the Vargas that you that had the start of the season. You know, here lately, but to me, he's been a little bit inconsistent. But you know, it's, it's good to see him you know, shine like that in the last game, and then going into the gear too as well. Yeah. So hopefully, maybe that side will be a little bit more patched up. Um, I think maybe another, uh, maybe the right hand side too will be a dangerous side for them to kind of attack on because let's face it, Paula Aguilar. I think he forgets he's a right back. Yeah, and you know how Jesus um, Gallardo can get too. Which I mean, it's it could work on both sides because, of course, it's Jesus Gallardo is going to be doing his thing as well. But um, yeah, it, it's just it's frustrating to see Paul Aguilar. It, don't get me wrong; I like that he goes up and he tries to support in the attack, but he should not be the central forward diving in the box for a ball like that. Should not be his place. Yeah, yeah, and see, he stayed up there too long. I mean, like, yeah, no, I'm, yeah, he does. You he know, does. The, 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 the fullbacks, do you mean, yeah, they do make their runs, they overlap and everything like that. But, you know, at some point, you're going to have to come back to, to your position. You know, he doesn't do that all the time. Like, you just see him stay up there the whole time. 
I think he's gotten so used to this that no one's actually said anything about this to him, except maybe Juan Carlos Osorio. But you just see him, and when the play ends, he's walking back to his position. He's not jogging. He's not trottling. He's literally walking. Yeah, and I don't know, man. It's just he's got to he's got to figure it out too, man. He's used to, I mean, like you said, he's used to it, but at the same time, man, it's not good in the end too, as well for the team. It's not. So maybe those are two two sides where uh, where Pumas will probably try to do their you know do their bidding. But I think overall we can overcome this Puma side and like we said, get the result. Yeah, I think so too, man. I mean, but like you know, the things, the silly mistakes, you know, that we keep saying, those things had to be addressed for the for not just not just this against Pumas, but for the rest of the season too. If you want to go on and and win. No, I agree. I agree. So, um, coming into this matchup tomorrow, do you think we're going to see a very conservative side of America where we're going to see an America kind of go toe to toe with Pumas or we're going to kind of just kind of play the game out, hold out and try to get them on the counter? What What do you think is going to be Piojo's kind of train of thought going into this game? Well, knowing that Piojo in his uh, press conference, he's going to come out and get gold. You know, I feel like it'll be pretty aggressive uh, going out and doing whatever they can to get a goal. I feel, I mean, like we said, I feel like Menes is going to be a key part to this because we see how Menes came in and impacted the game. And Cecilio Dominguez, too, as well. I mean, you see these players come out and, you know, uh, feel like they got something to prove, it almost seemed like to me. And to know that the, that these players are still important to the team and that these players are impactful players, too, as well. I think the best way to walk out away with a result and get what we want is to play kind of that slow-moving, slow build-up play. Hold on to the ball. Just touch it around. Frustrate Pumas if you have to. It, that means it's going to be a frustrating game for us and a boring game for us. But by all means, do so if you can get the goal and you can get the kind of away result. Because at the end of the day, I think me and you have kind of thrown away. We need to play this beautiful, sexy soccer. At, at this point, it's just give me the result. I don't care how you got it, where you got it, and when you got it. It's just just get it so we can move on to the next game. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so, man. And, you know, uh, playing that slow, you know, pace game thinking you're thinking what you're gonna do next you know i think that that really helps too in the decision making too as well and you know i think the safe pass is going to be the best pass you know whether it be passing it back to you know maybe edson or bruno valdez you know if that's if that's the safest pass then make that pass yeah yeah don't put any of your teammates at risk in that sense um just you know don't don't, don't give away a ball cheaply because pumas will hurt you pumas will get you on the counterattack. so play smart be collective about things and I think really just go out there and, you know, prove that we're the better side, really. Proof, you know, it's, it's a World Cup year. Some of these players want a spot in their national team. Go out there and prove it. Yeah, definitely, man. And there's no doubt, dude, that I think we can go out and get a good result. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I believe that we can and I believe we will. So give me your prediction for Wednesday. I go 2-0. The medical win. Two zero. Two zero. Okay. I'm going with a one one nil win for us. One nil. Uh I think with that pretty much wraps it up. I think we can go into this deck and kind of do things right do things right. So, you know, assuming that we walk away with that result in the Azteca, I think it's just let let Pumas come at you, get them on the break, get them on the counter, get a goal. And then you know get the press press them even more because at that point you know it's just you know 
everything's up for grabs. Right, right, yeah. So that's assuming that our predictions come right and we walk away with a with with a pretty good away goal and a win. Let's let's kind of preview if things don't go right. You know, let's go worst case scenario. Let's say we lose by at least a goal or two. What next? What then? What do we do at the Estadio Azteca? Because this is, you know, this could be, you know, reminiscing what happened against Toronto. I'm dropping stuff over here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I heard that. Again, technical <laughs> difficulties from the Eagle Eye podcast. It wouldn't be a podcast without them. So, okay. Um, I'm sorry. Can you can you repeat that again? Yeah. So you know, let's 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 kind of talk about worst case scenario. Let's say we 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 go back to the Azteca. We lost one nil, two nil. What whatever the difference is by a goal or two goals. What do you think the team needs to do in order to kind of you know overcome that? Because it will be kind of shades of Toronto past. Uh, what do you think needs to be done in that sense? Because let's face it, you know, it's anything is possible. So it it could be well that we can go into this match in at the Azteca in the second leg. With a with a loss, um, I feel like that. I feel like if it was a loss, you know, the team would notice that. I feel like the team would respond, and you know, it's at home. You know, you're gonna have the fans behind you. You're gonna have the atmosphere behind you, and that team get a ride on that and go out and get get the result that was that should have gotten the first leg. You know, I think this is. I think that the, the atmosphere and the team, the the players that we got, definitely can can pull that off in the Azteca too as well. Um, it's gonna have to be, you know, our our game though, and in, in our stadium, it's got on our home turf. We're gonna have to protect home turf and uh, play our game, play the medical way, you know, play play the way that you can go out and get the result. Which is, you know, I think like like we've said too, time and time again. Uh, now that we've seen Mendes how he took control of the game and against Santos, you know, just slow, calm, cool, and collected. Yeah, and I think maybe some of these players would, if, if you know, worst case scenario was to happen, I think some of these players, you know, they faced it against Toronto. They they faced that humiliation. They kind of want this. Um, in, in a way, it would kind of make up for that in the sense that, you know, you, you came back and actually proved that you can do it. So, you know, hopefully on in, in that sense, they, they would be able to come out and, and get the result. Um, but I think we're, we're both hopeful enough that we can walk away with a win at uh, at Seoul and then you know take it back to the Azteca and then just kind of you know dictate it from there. Yeah, yeah, I think so, man. It's it's gonna be interesting to see how you know the game turns out to be tomorrow. Yeah, let me read real quickly from uh right here in the chat, Alex Francia. Excuse me if I butchered that. Uh, said we can't keep a clean sheet with Edson and Vargas in the back line. Pumas will score. What do you what are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, we had Edson and Vargas in the back line in the first leg. I mean, on the first leg in the first game, and they didn't score. That's true. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean really, you're gonna put down two players, you know, um, Edson always being Edson, you know, playing the game that he knows. And yeah, I mean, you've seen Vargas, Vargas play inconsistently and everything like that too, as well. But I mean, um, this is a team also that we played obviously in uh, in the beginning of the season. So I mean. I mean, you would think these players would learn from mistakes too. They think they'd see how the style of play is going to go too, as well. And so, you know, I'm pretty optimistic about having Edson and Vargas in the back line. Yeah, I think they can do so. I think they can do so. All right, <clears throat> order, just to wrap up this league, yeah. Uh, one last question: Do we or do we not throw ourselves for a Chilena? No, let's not do that again. So no Chilena. Not, no Chilena. 
No Chilena. So Matias Uribe, that goes for you. No Chilena. We don't want to risk a red card again, just <laughs> like at the beginning of the season. So uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up for the Liguilla. It's going to be hopefully an America win tomorrow. And then that means at the Azteca, you know, whatever the result may be, as long as we get through. Um, I think really at the end of the day, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how well this team can perform. I think Piojo has a lot to prove. I think these players have a lot to prove. You know, there's a lot of hype coming into this season, this clausura. And, you know, now that they're at this point, you know, the objective was to, you know, finish in a high place and, you know, make it into the Guia. We did so. You know, we already, we already failed in the Conquer Champions. I think there's no room for failure. And really what only salvages the season is, uh, is a trophy. Yeah, I think so, man. You know, um, like we said at the beginning of the season, we'd rather have the Champions League trophy. But, I mean, we failed that. And so now we got to go out and get this one. Yeah, and hopefully we can, and hopefully we can perform. And like I said, I think I think America can go out there tomorrow and really prove it and, and hopefully get a goal, and with that, also get the W. So, you know, vamos, America, like they said, uh, like our friend right there, Alex, said, vamos, hopefully uh, we can go out there and really prove and really get a good result. That's all I really want, a good result, whether that be the draw or the win, something that we can take away to this, Teca. Anything you want to add on to this Liguilla preview? Uh no, not to the Gia preview, but I do want to say that if um Chucho Benitez would have been 32 today, I saw that you know rest in peace to our our former striker Chucho Benitez. You know it's uh sad to see how you know how he passed away and to talk about that, but you know rest in peace to him and you, um he's always he's always missed. You know I still remember him playing in a Medica jersey about the time whenever I do I did become a Medica fan too as well, and I love the, the his style of playing the way he played and everything. He was such a crucial player in this, and uh, in, in that same Liga run where we played against Pumas, and uh, and and then obviously went to go play against uh, Monterrey. He went, he scored a wonderful goal there too, and then of course in the final. So yeah, rest in peace, Chucho. You know, uh, our our prayers go out to his family, and uh, you know, uh, so sad and unfortunate that a player like that has left the uh, has left the earth in the way he did, and uh, you know, well, you can only hope for for uh for his family to be kind of at peace with that so again rest in peace chucho 32 years old wow he would have been still young he just goes mm-hmm. to show that life is uh that was a bit <clears throat> cool sometimes and uh yeah he was very young so um yeah well, it would have been nice to see what he would have been able to do maybe ecuador would have been in the world cup because of him yeah probably probably would have but you know it's, it's sad to see him go man i still i still remember whenever uh uh, I, I read that he passed away. Man, I was, I was really sad. Yeah, I remember it was ESPN Deportes was covering it the whole time, and yeah, it was it was it was a tragic news. So, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, but it's uh, it's unfortunately that you know these are things of life, and you know, hopefully, in uh, in you know, never never happens again. But I think I would, I think I would say he, uh, in the short time that he played, I think he he cemented himself as. <laughs> You know, maybe possibly a club legend. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I re- I really think he did because he, he did so much for the club and the way he the way he played too. Um, you got to remember that that partnership he had with Raúl Jiménez too. Yep, a Raúl Jiménez partnership. I will always forget that uh, kiss he gave Bozo, but he also he put his hand like this, so they didn't really touch lips. I don't know. People made a big deal about it. I thought it was cool, but you know, rest in peace, Chucho. And you know, thirty two years old. Wow. You know, always will be remembered for his uh, his performances in an America jersey and, of course, wherever he played at as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 
definitely. So if uh, if you don't have anything else to add about the Ligia, um, I think that pretty much wraps it up for this episode. It's been episode 18. We'll be back next week on Tuesday. So regardless of whatever the score is and regardless whether we make it into the next run or not, we both will be here. Hopefully it's not the end of the podcast for the Klausuda. Hopefully we can go in advance, but you know, it's kind of how things go. Now you kind of rely on the team to kind of push this thing going forward. But regardless of whatever it may be, we will be back next week. We'll talk about everything that happened against Pumas at Seul, at the Estadio But if you guys cannot wait to hear our opinions, our thoughts on what's going on, make sure you guys do follow us on Twitter because we will be live tweeting the match tomorrow. We'll be giving you guys all our thoughts, all our emotions, and everything that's going on. And we'll also be letting you guys know a little bit more about this whole giveaway situation. So if you guys uh, would like to, again, that is at Eagle iPod. Make sure you guys do follow us. We'll have you guys covered on everything in the Twitter handle. Um, and if you guys ever miss a live show for whatever reason, make sure you guys do follow us on I- iCloud and SoundCloud. Wait, I said iCloud, iCloud right? SoundCloud. I mean, <laughs> iTunes and SoundCloud. Sorry. Don't follow us on iCloud because we do not have an iCloud for the, for the podcast. Um, I, I, I don't know what happened to my turn of thought there, but make sure you guys do have us. You do subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on like on uh, there it goes. I was gonna say iCloud again, and make sure you guys <laughs> follow us on SoundCloud. We uh we appreciate all you guys' support and for all of you guys who do take us on the go. So Dylan, anything else you want to add on? No, I mean I'm just finally glad this semester is almost over for me. <laughs> Semester's almost over. Season's almost over. World Cup is just around the corner for all of you guys who are antsy and anticipating. Whoever has FIFA 18, make sure you guys do wait till May 29th. We will be getting an update. And uh, it should be fun to play with the Mexican national team in that front. So I think that pretty much does it for us in this Ligia preview. Yes. Yes, I, I think that does. Yeah, we covered everything pretty much. I think so, too. So this has been the episode 18 of the Eagle Eye podcast. It's been a wonderful time. We're talking Liga, talking quarterfinals against Pumas. We'll see what happens tomorrow and Saturday. Hopefully our team can make it onto the next round. Vamos, America. Let's go for the 13th, for the 13th title. And hopefully we can prove to all these naysayers that that's right. I'm talking to you, Chivas people, that we are the better team in Mexico. Just because you win a title after 50-something years doesn't mean you can come and start bouncing, saying that you're this and you're that. Because we're going to make sure that you guys go to the World Club World Cup and perform very, very poorly. Because me and Dylan will fly out, and we were gonna, we are going to pop your guys' tires so you guys make it to the game late. And that is the dedication we have. Yes, very, very dedicated. I already got my plane ticket. You got a plane ticket? I was going by a boat. I was going to take like about two to three weeks. I was going to like get shipped inside a container. But okay, I guess I have to redo my plans there. Okay. Either way, thank you guys for joining the Eagle Eye Podcast again. It's been episode 18. Thank you guys for all your guys' support. Make sure you guys do follow us on Twitter at Eagle Eye Podcast. As always, thank you, Dylan, for coming on and being the best co-host I can ever ask for. Oh, I'll try to make, be the best co-host, man. <laughs> all righty well we'll be talking soon briefly about this uh, giveaway we'll let you guys know as well so again thank you vamos america arriba america and like always make sure you guys uh tune in and uh, see you guys next week and until next time take care everyone